and um, I hear the first officer call out. And then the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson. And thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. This podcast, uh, Arlen comes back and we talk about... Uh, well, at first I asked him some questions. I kind of had to edit this one around and move a few things around. We had a we had a lot to talk about. So anyways, I moved some of the stuff around. Like, for instance, all the questions I asked him actually was at the end of the recording. So I moved those to the beginning just so, I don't know, I just kind of wanted those out there. I didn't want to put them on a patron episode because I wanted more people to be able to listen to the answers of the questions I was asking him and uh this recording I again I apologize I made a big rookie mistake I um I had what they call a gain I had his gain all the way up it's just basically as the loudness of his mic I had way up there and I didn't realize that I was in my podcast room and it was a little dark uh I thought there was something wrong with the the headphone cable you know, because I thought maybe my dog might have chewed it. So I was just kind of powering through. And I heard that distortion happening in there. And <laughs> I didn't realize what it was. So I apologize to Arlen and to all y'all for having his audio sound the way it does. And you'll see, I, I apologize. And I forewarn you, it's 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 distorted. But um, we can still hear what he says and everything like that. And... And my side was kind of a little low, like my volume was a little low. But anyways, I got that figured out again. That's uh, my mistake, so I apologize. But anyways, um, there was another part in there too where, uh, I think it's on next episode. But anyways, um, he's telling a story and it, we, we recorded so long that the recording like clipped itself and made it into two parts. And when that happened, there was part of his story that got cut out. So, I'll be fixing that too. But anyways, um, Arlen goes into telling stories about the the jail. And, um, you know, a lot around that. And boarding school too. The boarding school houses down there. So, these are going to be some good stories for you guys this week. And um, I was trying to make it up for ending days too. To be able to... I'll just sit around at camp, tell stories to anybody that, you know, wants to sit in at the camp and listen to ghost stories. That was kind of my plan. Um, work, you know, I'm a subcontractor. And work just just kept me <laughs> kept me tied down. So I'm hoping that I can get up there for heartbeat ending days and maybe do it then. It's a little smaller powwow. I don't know if very many people be able to make it to that one that made it to this year's North American Indian Days but uh yeah the heartbeat powwow is pretty good too and that's the one that I really like because my wife's from out there and I don't know it just seems it's smaller it seems a little more uh I don't know I just have a lot of good memories from out there so 
Anyways, if you could hear my kids, they're, I don't know, they're playing around out there, so if you hear them in the background, it's them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I was saying, when I first start out, uh, Arlen's, I'm asking him a bunch of questions, you know, and I think these questions are kind of important for, for some of the viewers out there. And, uh, well, without messing around, let's, let's get into it. You know, we don't really do the ghost hunting thing, but I know there are people that listen to this podcast that do yeah. do that, or they want to do that, or they're thinking about it or something, you know. What yeah. advice would you give to those types of people, those ghost hunter type people? Oh, about about visiting uh, like places around here? Just anywhere in the world, man. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. I mean, what advice would you give them to if they're you know deciding to go out and do this? <laughs> oh, oh, let's see here. I mean, talking about these things and stuff is one thing, you know, but uh, going out and finding them and looking for them, you know, that's a whole different... But it's something I wouldn't do, you know. I respect what, what it is and what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. What is and what ain't. Like, I respect that. Uh, um, If it was somebody close to me that said, you know, I do this and... What, what should I do, uh, you know? Well, first of all, you know, like, uh, every time you, you know, I guess when you get back or you get done, you know, always take take care of yourself, cleanse yourself, you know, but at the same time, too, you're kind of asking for it when you go in places like that and seek them out, you know? Yeah. Kind of asking for stuff like that to bother you or take, you know, go home with. Because, you know, that's one of the most, one of, one of the most dangerous things, like you said, like, uh, in any way, it doesn't have to be traditional or, uh, because anyway, Indian way, you know, you know, in any Native American way or any indigenous way, can even be like Christian or any, it's like people when they mess with Ouija boards and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And when people say, "Oh yeah, you know, you're creating a gateway or some type of portal, or you're you know, you're communicating with things that you don't understand or know," yeah, I believe that, you know. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be messing with things you don't understand, like you know, things, something the best left alone in that way and uh but usually any advice i i you know i'll tell anybody is like you know well make sure you take you always call yourself when you go somewhere and you know always i you know trust your gut instinct and take care of yourself when you get back but at the same time too though you know something happens and you see something or something doesn't really way like well you're kind of asking for it you know like you know the risk you know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, bringing something home or dealing with something that you have nothing, you know, no idea about. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, trying to get help or whatever because something's followed you home or something's bothering you, you know. Kind of like, you know, no, I didn't say Well, that's kind of what you get, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get doctored and whatever you need to, but you know, the, like anyone else would tell you, any holy person would probably tell you, leave us alone, you know. Leave them alone now. Yeah, that's that that's would be my that. advice to him. First and foremost is don't do it. Just leave them alone. Don't don't mess mm-hmm. around with that stuff. And uh, but if you're inclined to go and do all that, I I basically have the same advice. So cleanse yourself before you go in there. Cleanse yourself before you leave call yourself people might not understand what that is we talk about it like it's nothing but you're calling your spirit back with you it's going to come with you so it's not left anywhere and you know you're not kind of out there and feeling lost while you're without your spirit you know because that could happen so anyways always call yourself and um another thing that i was taught too is just spit and just tell it you know simply don't follow me just anything around here don't follow me and i've always wondered what that is i never really kind of was never explained to me why you'd spit like that before you'd head out you know yeah. i've always thought it was you know you maybe you're leaving a little piece of you there and it kind of jukes them out a little bit <laughs> kind of tricks them to stay yeah. with that instead of with you i have no idea what that is it's that old kind of kind of wisdom i guess our old superstitions but they actually work 
Yeah. That that's what I would tell people too is first of all don't don't mess with that stuff, but if you have to, make sure you you smudge yourself off before you go in and when you leave, call yourself out, spit you know, make sure nothing follows you. But the other thing yeah, too, you know. Oh go ahead. Oh go ahead. Well I was gonna move oh, on to the subject, but if you got more to add to that, go ahead. Yeah, it's got something quick. Uh, another thing too is in I know in Pink anyway, a long time ago, uh, you know, you're walking around and you just find something on the ground, whatever it is. You know, we're taught not to pick it up, to leave it alone. Yeah. You know, and I think because, you know, thing you don't know what it, what it is or what it's attached to, you know. Yep. And you, you might bring that home, you know. <laughs> so another thing I was taught is you find something, like, oh, cool, check this out, you know. But the other way is, like, because I was taught, you know, you're supposed to just leave stuff like that alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when you're walking with somebody, you never split anything. You know, you walk together. Like me and you, see if there's a post in front of us and you walk left, I'll walk left, you know, vice versa. Yeah. I walk right, you walk right, you know, that's cool. We don't split things. You never split things. You're walking together, you know. Yeah, those are just, like, things, I guess, that go along with that. Next thing I was wanting to kind of ask you is, um, so we have different levels of stories, right? Like um, mm-hmm. those old traditional stories is what I'm referring to. And uh, So the first one is, you know, for the kids, you'll tell stories. You know, it could be whatever story, but, you know, those old traditional stories. But it's about, it's just for the kids, it's kind of like G-rated. <laughs> then you yeah. have a story for everybody, that, you know, adults. You know, everybody can, you know, it's kind of the general, the other... The next one up, I guess I'd say it's more of kind of adults, but for everybody. And then you get that last story or last version of that story where I guess it's uh, told on a, on a, I guess, I guess you'd say a high level where, yeah. where you, you only get to hear that story if you're being transferred that right or you're a part yeah. of that society or whatever it is, whatever you know, you yeah. need to have that that story told to you for. Could you talk yeah. a little bit about those levels and why they're there? So, like a like a like a child story is just your general uh, kind of because you know kids are always learning. You don't want to, I guess, sometimes go into too deep though, where they don't understand. Uh, you know, like uh, don't don't whistle at night. You know, don't look out the window and yeah, at night and stuff like that. You know, there's certain things and. Especially if you belong to some of these societies where you're part of them, you know, they have their own rules, you know, that you can't do. And it's very important that, you know, as kids, like, on Blackfeet, a long time ago, we had societies when we started life and all the way till the death, you know. Mm. You start with the uh, chickadees, like the Nipomo cakes, you know, and that, and that just teaches them the basic, you know, teaches them protocol and stuff, because in Blackfeet, way, anyway, you're very strict protocol, right? Protocol for everything. There's protocol for everything here, and it kind of teaches them that. And You know, there's a reason, to me, it's like there's a reason in rhyme for everything, you know? And, uh, so that's when they got your, like, naughty stories and stuff like that that, uh, kind of teaches kids, you know, kind of just gets them in that way of thinking, like, yeah, you know, especially if they belong to societies that, you know, eventually there's roles and there's there's like basically laws, you know, and uh, rules and things you can't do because there's consequences for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the way, our way is really strict. And they emphasize that, you know, it's strict. It has to be this one way. You can't make up stuff or anything like that, you know. So you're kind of teaching them young, you know, and you teach them lessons, you know, that'll help them in their way, you know what I mean? Especially as kids to kind of help them understand. That's the way I see it, like, mouthy stories, you know. Yeah. You know, and then uh, their, their lessons, and, and then of course uh, the what'd you say the middle, kind of like the middle of it, like the everybody story. Yeah. You know, I think it's like uh, more like your um, I don't know, I don't know. I guess like oh, I would tie that into like the serious stories, like you said, the transfers or. Like, part of the societies that you're not supposed to, you know, 
and disclose in this way, like over the phone or, you know, just like tell somebody or, because, you know, it's like going into a ceremony and taking pictures of the ceremony, Ooh, which, is, which is really forbidden, you know, like you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no need for that, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, it's kind of like that, you know, uh, basically, uh, um, the, the serious the stories and stuff is like the experiences that you've seen or heard, you know, in your own accord. Uh, you just don't push, you just don't go and tell everybody, you know, and put it out there, you know, for some things are meant for just you and, who, you know, whatever, whoever else, you know. Yeah. And that ties into both like that middle question and the serious question. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely boundaries there when it comes to the serious stuff. Like we talk a lot on this. Lodge tales about things and uh, stuff like that, but you know, like, uh, but it's mainly stuff that will. To me, when I talk about something, it's mainly like uh, to spread knowledge, huh? Like, just so people understand, and maybe if it's like a, a thing, I can say, well, you know, somebody will know, somebody will understand, or somebody will learn, you know, learning. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I've never heard that before. That's you know, that's interesting, or that that makes sense, and. But, you know, I'll never step those boundaries where, you know, I'll say something I'm not supposed to and then get, you know, reprimanded for it later, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good about that. And, but, you know, like you said, you know, like, uh, it just depends on the situation and questions. And if somebody, you know, like, really wanted to, you know, know something, you know, it's always good to approach somebody that you think, you know, you can ask them that would know, you know. Mm-hmm. No matter, you know. Because if you have anyone, anyone approached me and asked me for some, if I had the answer, yeah, I'll tell you. But if I didn't, I'd, I'd point you to the direction tell you to go ask, you know. Yeah. But there's no such thing, you know, as a silly question or anything like that, you know. And uh, when it comes to these stories and stuff, you know, a person can basically tell what they want, you know what I mean? That's, that's their right if they want to share their experience and stuff. But when, you know, like, like me and you know, like, when it comes to real serious protocol and stuff like that, we don't really, you know, disclose all that, and it's not our place, you know. Yeah. Especially to say, you know, how a ceremony is run and stuff like that. No, we don't, you know, yeah, of course you, we don't do that. You can tell that. But that brings mm-hmm. me to my next question. What, um, you know, say there's, um, say there's some, I don't know, I guess, some natives that are getting back in touch with their with the old ways and they're trying to come back to it yeah like say they might have moved off to res heck they might even still be on the res all this time but they're just trying to get back to those old ways how would you tell them to approach that in a good way you know oh like what advice would you give them to to seek that out the first thing I'd do is, like, if they came to me, you know, and I happen to know people, you know what I mean, happen to know and understand things. Like me, I would be like, uh, see, uh, like we talked about earlier, you know, uh, I, I only know the the Blackfeet way, the Pikani way, uh, the, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I just know that way. And I know that, <clears throat> like we, we, we talked about earlier, um, there's another way here that people follow, you know, like the Sundance, uh, you know, the, I don't know if you call it the Cree or Sioux way, but, you know, more people more or less adopted it, you know, and mm-hmm. some people that way, you know, see, I don't, I can't speak for them on that side, and um, but I can speak for, you know, the Pikani way, you know, and the way I know and the way I was, I came into it. Um, if somebody approached, you know, the, the only thing I can say is, um, you're Pikani, if you're Blackfeet, you're always welcome to this, you know. Nobody can shun you and say, no, you can't come here. That ceremony, those ceremonies, those bundles and medicines are for us. They're for everybody, all Pikani. Everybody needs help. It's like we talked about earlier. And, uh, yeah, you're going to, you know, my only thing is, uh, you know, if you come to the pipe dances, which means and we have, uh, you know, beaver. Beaver bundles, we have thunder bundles. We even have, uh, what do you call it, the catchers of uh, police or warriors pipe. Uh, we have those ceremonies, you know, and 
And also, there's another good one too, is we have the horns down here now. Mm -hmm. It's a society that's come here from Ghana. That's mm -hmm. now here in Omskapi Bikani. So we have them now. Of course, uh, if you ever hear of the oh god, it's usually in July in the summertime. When, um, you know, let's just just show up to these uh, ceremonies, you know. And, but living, being here in Browning and stuff, and how everything is, yes, everyone, somebody should know somebody, you know. And my advice to them is when you hear a pipe opening or a pipe dance is going to happen, you know, just show up. You know, I got to tell everybody, just show up. You know, and just observe, you know. Don't just go there humbly. Don't expect to, you know, have rights and everything transferred. You know, don't ever seek this stuff out. I believe this, you, you go into this in a good way, in a humble way. You'll be where you're supposed to be. And everything else will follow, you know. Like, you never seek this stuff out. Go. If your heart's good on it and you're set on it, go, you know. Yeah. And once, you, once you're in these ceremonies, you'll sit there and you'll learn. You'll watch and you'll learn. You'll learn how everything's done. And Blackfeet, I know there's protocol for everything. Protocol. Protocol and rights. Like, uh, you know, there's a right way to do everything that has to be done the right way. And that's why I say, like, Blackfeet, like, the honey. It's really strict. And so please, you know, if anyone goes in, goes in a good way, go with an open mind. You know, and uh, but I can only speak for the Blackfeet way. I can't speak for uh, the Sundance and stuff like that, you know, because I, I have no idea other than what I've been told from that way. And so uh, if you were going to go that way, I would recommend, you know, somebody who knows those ways, you know, and approach them in a good way. You know, um, it's like somebody that approached me in a good way and said, "Hey, thoughts. How do I, how do I get more into our ways?" You know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people. I don't know why they have a misconception that traditionally, you know, before traditional we dance like uh, the powwow. <laughs> I don't know where that <laughs> comes from, but have you ever got that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Like, they dance, like, you dancing, you know, and it's like, no, you know, the powwow is just a social event. Yeah. There's nothing traditional, like, like our like our way of life in that sense goes to that, you know, and there's nothing like that. It's just a social event where people get together and dance and have a good time, you know. Mm -hmm. But our ceremonies, our ceremony way of life is way different. That's, that's serious. That's our way of life. And I can say black way. You know, we follow the circle of life, and uh, that way is still very much around today. You know, uh, like I said, we have our bundles, and you know, we do have the on every every summer down here in Pekani. And I can't speak for Ghana, Ghana or Sixika. I don't know about Pekani, Apatoks, uh, Pekani, Rocket. I can't speak too. I know they have medicines in their bundles and stuff, but I don't know exactly what ceremonies they have going there. But I can speak down here that the Okan they have every year. Um, if you know, the Okan is like our, basically our high ceremony at, uh, towards the summertime. It's like our high ceremony. Everybody comes together and it's for one cause when two people sit, sit holy and it's a good ceremony and uh, it's, uh, as far as I'll go with it, um, and uh, just like I said, with Bikani Way, Rocky Way, yeah, I can uh, tell you where to go, you know, and when, when the pipe dances and stuff happen, just to get involved. And just go there and observe and watch, and in time you'll learn. You'll learn more and more the more you go. You know, that's pretty much like uh, some people, you know, some people uh, are born into it and this and that, and, you know, like you said, but then some people, like, maybe they left or maybe they haven't gotten into it, but they want to, you know, they want something else to go towards, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, especially, like, Black Way, like, I can speak for that side, everything I've been through and experienced, but, you know, when it comes to the other way, I can't, you know. They'll have to seek somebody else who's been through that way. You know, the Sundance and all that. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be my advice, you know. Don't be afraid to approach somebody and embrace that, you know. But be humble about it. Like, be good about it. You know, don't go there for wants and status. Like, that's not how our ways work. No. Nope.
ways our ways are powerful and they're and by the way you know there's consequences for everything so that's why we're like strictly protocol like go there humbly in a good way you know especially if you, you need help you know they're never turn you away in that sense you know those medicines are here for us well that that's the advice i'd give somebody if, if they asked how about uh specifically to like uh the younger generation say somebody say there's a kid out there listening he's 10 years old and he's curious about all this but his folks don't know anything about it or maybe his grandparents are or don't know anything or maybe they're passed on and he wants to you know get closer to our old ways how would how would you advise a kid like that basically the same um, way or or yeah very similar like i would uh I'll talk to him or her and then talk to their parents, huh? Mm. And if the parents were okay with it, maybe they didn't want to go or something, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine, I wouldn't, you know, mind helping someone out, you know? Yeah. Kind of showing them, you know, kind of maybe bringing them to, uh, to a ceremony with us, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. Like, if a 10-year-old came and, you know, say I know his parents, he was or her parents, and they're like, you know, they want to know what goes on. Like, they just, they just want to know. You know, like, uh, can they come with you, you know, or something like that, you know. And honestly, I don't think me or my wife would have problems with that, you know. We embrace that, you know. Yeah. Um, and teach them whatever you can so he'll, you know, maybe they want to go every time they have a ceremony and their parents come maybe or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like I said, everything's pretty similar. You just approach someone, you know, in a good way, you know, and um, you just go from there, you know, because... You just tell them, well, you know, usually they announce, whenever they announce, you know, these dances or these ceremonies, so. Sometimes they're quick and abrupt, though. Well, sometimes, you know, they, they announce about a week or so, so you get time to prepare. Yeah, but it's a good time, you know. It's good for everybody. The other thing, too, is you don't ever go to those drunk or or on drugs or anything like that. Oh, you, know? yeah. you, you never show yeah. up to those like that. You're always sober and, you know, in a good mindset. You ain't mad about anything or, you know. Imagine it's okay to be a little scared if you're worried, you know, you're there because you might be sick or you're worried about someone that's sick, you know. But you'll never go there when you're in a bad way, you know, per se. Like drunk yeah. or, or anything like that, you know. Yeah, yeah you go there and, you know, it's like... Uh, yeah, you go there respectfully, you know, sober and humble, you know. Like, especially if you're there to, uh, when you get more than likely, you know, people talk about vows, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're there to fulfill your vows and be humble, you know, in a good way, like, yeah, you know, everybody's there for each other, you know. That's how we all survived the way we did, you know. Yeah. Everything was about each other and. Especially in our way of life and our medicine, that's how it is. It's not, it's not stingy. You know, it's there for everybody. That's a good thing, though, that we still have that stuff. Well, geez, Arvin, yeah. I, I think we need to call it quits right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where we're at, just so everybody knows, it's uh, 3.07 in the morning, our time. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think I better get some shut-eye here, but... uh. Jeez, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we get going and call it a night? Um, you know, just want everybody to, I mean, it's 4th of July, so everybody had a good 4th. Um, if any of you guys are uh, out there and, you, you know, if you're curious about these ways and stuff like that, like, don't be afraid to approach anyone, like, especially me. Like, don't be afraid to approach me if you want to know more and stuff like that. Like, you know, that's very important, uh, you know, can be turned away in that sense. Like, if I don't know a question or your answer or anything like that, I can point you in the right direction. Especially those out there that listen and they're in need of help or prayer, you know. Maybe something's bothering you. Like, you know, in these ways, like, uh, spiritually, emotionally, or even physically, you know, I can be afraid to approach any of us. Especially me. Um, I'll point you in the right way. And one way these ways being traditional teaches us is how to take care of ourselves in these situations so nothing bothers you. There's something do and something does, you'll know what to do. So other than that, you know, that's pretty much all. That's what everybody has a good force and 
you know, thank uh, God for calling and visiting earlier. And yeah, it was a good day. We continue this going, and you know, like me, I keep sharing this with everybody I know. So you know, this grows, and it's good that we have these and we're able to tell these stories. And without any, like, to me, without any consequence and remorse, like, you know, just to get it out there because it seems like, you know, for Native Americans, like, it's unique. We're unique in that way. Indigenous people that, you know, our stories be heard and they're, they're out there now, you know, and it's not just about, you know, you know, I guess, uh, other cultures where it's just, you know, very, uh, like, uh, how would I say, exploited, you know, and stuff like that. Like, no, everything is unique here with us indigenous people and how we handle and see life and do things, so. All right, and this is the part where, um, where we transition. These questions, like I said, were actually from the end of the interview, but I put them up front. So here's where we actually begin our conversation. We start talking a lot about, uh, different ghost stories and stuff so here we go <laughs> my dog's always blowing out of his nose <laughs> every time you guys hear that it's my dog <laughs> okay let's get to it okay everybody we're back at lodge tales again in uh this episode we have arlen potts back again and uh, he's got a few more stories to share that he didn't get to share the last time he was on. So uh, go ahead, Arlen, if you will, just let us hear your stories. Hello, good to be back again. I'm Arlen Potts. Uh, a lot of those listening in the Black Ears probably know me, you know, remember me at some point. I was a police officer, law enforcement. I've been in law enforcement since 2012. And I currently work at the jail here in Browning and. uh there's a few stories that I've heard uh, past uh, our former law enforcement people talk about the jail. And it says when uh, you were explaining, uh, as Mike Colney was explaining everything in the jail, I was just kind of picturing it in my mind when he was going through that. <laughs> you know, like when he's talking about the corner and the part where he has to unlock that door, you know, and it's spring loaded and that area there, and it's still there, you know, and. I always thought there was some kind of vibe in that corner, man, you know, where he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that brings me to a, a time that uh, this was probably within about a month or a couple months ago. I was on the day shift, and uh, on the female side, we get ready to bring females over to the day room. Huh? And we usually uh, tell them, get ready. You know, they get their cups, and some of them bring their blanket, you know, because they get cold in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, the day room's a place for them to make calls and watch TV and, you know, uh, interact with each other and play cards and stuff. Kind of kills their time, you know. Yeah. They're not in their cells all the time. Uh, I remember one time getting the females ready and uh, there's the end. There's the end in that hallway way in the corner. There's two ways you can go. There's and the, there's the first, there's the, the first, I'll call it the first way, and that's basically... The way we mainly take, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got some, there wasn't too many females. There must have been like maybe eight of them at the most, six to eight. But anyways, they're getting ready, and I have them lined up, and I have them getting ready to, to move over. All of a sudden, in the end, way on the end of the hallway, I see a female literally uh, wearing those green sweaters we give them and carrying her blanket, and she had uh, pink bottoms, like, uh, pants. And I seen her, I don't see no face, I just seen her turn left, like left face, and then just kind of go around that corner while those girls are lined up getting ready, and I'm like, hey, you know, come back here, you know, and man, and uh, those girls are like, who are you, who are you talking to, you know, and I'm like, Is, are, you, are all you guys here, and they're like, yeah, I said, good, I said, oh, it don't matter, I said, I'll meet her over there, we'll meet her over there anyway, because there's two ways to get there, mm-hmm. yeah. I said, you go in, you lady, you lady's going to go over, head over. So the, the women head over, and I catch up the back, and I follow them over. And they go, they, they, they automatically know where to go. They go right into the day room, and I count all of them. And then um, I'm looking for that last one. I think it was like eight of them that should, you know, including that one I seen, there should be nine. 
Cool. And then I I, I locked it I locked it up. After I don't find that girl, and I go back, I follow where she would have came from. And I go back to the cells on the other side where I seen her, and I walk all the way down. Dude, I couldn't find nobody. There was nobody there. <laughs> and uh, I even go like I, I I make sure we have how many inmates we have. And sure enough, you know, I counted nine, but there's only eight there. I mean, there's only eight on our list, but I counted nine. Yeah, I could never find that other one. And uh, but people talk about other COs have talked about seeing things like that there. And one time I've seen on surveillance camera, I've seen a shadow literally walk out of the holding cell and walk down the hallway. Me and another coworker witnessed that on camera. And uh, you know the holding cell is basically a cell where you kind of put them to cool off. You know if they come in fired up and combative, you know, it's usually where we put them, hmm. so they calm, you know, and I know for a fact, you know, there's there's bad shit in there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bad stuff in there, because that's where they first come in if they're really combative and you know, refuse to calm down, or we have to put them in there and segregate them, you know, segregation cell, and uh, I've seen things walk out of there, I mean, I remember one time, too, we were taking the females out of the dairy room to go use the bathroom, we line them up and they start walking out and we're going that that back way where the uh, cell block or the holding cell is open. Mm-hmm. And we always have our doors open, you know, because we need them. They're there, you know, they're ready. Literally, that girl walks walks really right up to that door and she's getting ready to cross that doorway and turn right and go down the hallway. She freezes like she jumps and she screams when <laughs> she runs forward. And I'm like, and those other girls behind her just kind of stop. And they look in there, and there's an holding cell. They're like, oh, what was that? What's going on? And I catch up to that one that's uh, freaking out, and she said she's seen somebody in there. Just standing there or something. Oh. And it, it freaked her out, man. She was like, she's legit. Like, she's been there a while. She ain't, like, coming down or anything like that, you know? Yeah. She's been there a while, so she knows what's going on, and would she freaked out and she saw somebody there and she she said she didn't want to deal with it so she ran right around that corner. Those other girls were looking and even I looked through there as I passed it and there's nobody in there. So <laughs> it was just, you know, I was like, well, you know, and then kind of, you know, I just kind of said, oh, I said, don't worry, you know, don't worry, ladies, you, know, you guys will get used to it. You know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff goes on there. It's like normal to us. <laughs> And another time, too, like, uh, I was sitting there doing control, and the control is now control is basically your computers and stuff like that, right? Logs and all that kind of stuff, paperwork. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm doing control, and the other COs are in the, in the cell block doing whatever they're doing, whatever chores or whatever they're doing with the inmates. And I see a figure standing by the, the main door to the control room, a large figure. And a quarter of my eye. And by the time I see him, I turn left, he kind of walks forward, like, out of the doorway. So he's gone. And I yell. I yell at one of those COs, and they come around right away. He comes in there. And I say, hey, dude, was there somebody else back there with you, too? And he's like, no. So check that little area. And check there's nobody there, dude. Jeez. But then I went, uh... I've heard other CO stories too of that jail. Um, one of my good COs, she recently uh, retired, you know, and, but the, um, Sarah comes on yours. I mean, that'd be one. I'll give you information. She'd be one to have come on. And she's worked uh, in corrections like 30 years. Oh. Be one to come on and probably tell you some good ones, you know, yeah. about that more than I would, you know. I've only, only worked in corrections for maybe two years, going on two years now. The rest was all patrol, but uh, one time um, she told me this story when she was in the kitchen area. That's another place I guess is pretty spooky. And uh, she was doing dishes, I believe, and you know they got vents that kind of like let air out, mm-hmm. you know, up and up in the ceiling. And she something she said uh, for I don't know how it was, but anyway, she was doing dishes. I don't know if she was hearing stuff or what. 
but she looks up into that vent, and it's an open vent. It's not a crated vent or anything. It's open. Hmm. And she, she tells me, she says, I see, you know, like a, a pale face, an old woman's face, hmm. you know, like a like creepy face, I guess she said. It looks kind of scary. She said, I looked up and seen her looking down at me from that vent. And uh, she's like, she says, I think she just froze. And she finally, like, gets, a, you know, breaks out of that and then gets away. Oh. And then they, somebody else, they go back up, and there's, of course, there's nobody there. And I don't even, like, I look, when I'm in there, because, you know, as CO, sometimes we have to cook, you know, and uh, you know, prepare or, you know, whatever we need. If there's dishes or something, we take care of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm in there by myself, you know, I always look at that one vent she talks about, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in that jail that I know, um, people see and do just like another coworker. This happened about maybe two months ago. A coworker brought back the cart we used to bring the inmates out, lunch trays off. Yeah. And we just finished serving out lunch and he's bringing it back. And actually our cook is actually like, uh, the one that cooked is actually visiting us. Huh? Uh-huh. And she's actually like in the same area we're at, and he brings it back, and he's like, uh, "I said, all right." He brings it back, and he comes back in, and he walks the door, and he's like, "Oh, you know, holy, 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 yes! What are you doing here?" And the cook's like, "What do you mean? Like, am I not supposed to be here?" And he's like, "No, I thought I just gave the cart to you. Like, I literally handed it off to you. You said thank you, and I walked up here, and here you are." Oh. Yeah, he said that. He walked back there. He walked in there. And he said, "Here you go, ma'am. Here's your cart. You know, so you can start your dishes and whatever it was." Said thank you, and he walked away, like acknowledged him, and walked away. And he walked away, walks in, you know, walks up to where we are, and he sees the cook there, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, he's like, "Really?" And he goes back there, and there's nobody there. And if somebody leaves the building, you know, we're, we uh, we know if somebody leaves the building, right? Yeah. Like, we're able to know if anyone opens the door or anything. We know what's going on. Nobody opened the door or anything. He, he was, like, flipping out. And and he's asking me, you know, like. And then she was, like, the cook was asking me. And I was like, oh, I said, you'll be all right, you know. As long as he's, I mean, you know, in another black way, too, is if you see somebody you know, you know, you see them and somewhere else, you know what I mean? That's not, usually it's not a good sign, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, but I was like, no, you guys are going to be fine, you know. Because he's like, yeah, I didn't even know if that was, you know, her or not. It's just somebody acknowledged me giving that cart saying thank you, you know. And I was like, man, there's, you know, there's things here. Things and things. There's this, this spirit here, you know. But I don't think it was necessarily bad, you know. Just one of those things. Jeez, I wonder what happened to the cart. Did she push it away, I wonder? Oh, he kind of just wheeled it to her. Well, he said I didn't see her, like, see her face or anything. Yeah. He said I could just see, like, a like a silhouette or, you know, a body. And I'm assuming it's somebody. He said in the corner of my eye, I wasn't thinking about it. He said I just kind of pulled the card into the kitchen and kind of pushed it off. And said, here you go, ma'am. And seen somebody in there, like, facing the, the desk or whatever, away from the door. And assumed it was, you know, our cook, another female. <laughs> and walked away thinking, oh, okay, you know, yeah. And he, he comes in, that's when he, like, his eyes get big, and he's like, what are you doing here, you know, basically? Like, I just saw you. <sighs> and so so she was asking me, like, you know, should I be worried or anything? I was like, oh, you'll be fine, you know. I don't think it. he's seen you, you know. It was just somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I said, you'll be fine. And, yeah, it was crazy. But, you know, that's like, it's almost like an everyday occurrence or something that happens if you ask any of the seals that work there now or former ones it'd be like uh, they, they have a story similar or something happened you know and this is just you know like recent you'll hear sometimes you'll hear stuff in the admin side that you know just stuff that moves around you hear noise we've gotten so used to it now we kind of just let it go you know mm-hmm. and so especially working at night you know I work, work nights and yeah, that's all I am. I hear stuff, see stuff, you know, 
I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing my job, you know, and that's all. Of course, you know, one thing, like, you always call yourself, you know, when yeah. you go home, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I was like a smudge in every, you know, every, when it's my Friday, every time I come home, Natusi's up, I always, you know, of course, cleanse, cleanse with sage, you know, that whatever doesn't bother me or throw me home, you know. I don't yeah. think of that. Well, you know, it's a process working there, especially in our way, you know, being traditional and, you know, you have to take those extra steps to protect yourself, you know, your family, so. But yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you don't want to bring any of that home with you, you know. Oh, yeah. Leave it there. Yeah, you don't want to bring anything home, you know. Then you you start the process, you have to cleanse your home, you know. It's good to cleanse your home every now and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And create create your barriers, you know. Um, but you know, still, you know, uh, um, I always make those precautions so I don't take anything on. <laughs> but uh, have you have any questions? Like, have you ever had any questions about the jail? Or? Well, I guess I would just wonder what's the craziest, I, I guess, wildest story you've ever heard about the place and and the jail. <laughs> Let's see here. That one my coworker told about that old lady looking down at her was pretty gnarly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was a good shit. This is like the full version of it. I I just told you like a, a bit of it and um another one uh that was probably the gnarliest. Uh well, let's see here. I'm trying to think about Oh, uh, there I've heard people heard. Uh, I've never experienced this, but I've I've heard other. Oh, sometimes that toilet, uh, the back cell will just go off by itself. It's done that a few times, and man, it'll just keep going, it'll just run for a while, oh. like so, constantly pushing it. Yeah. You know, it'll do. I got used to that. Like when I first heard it, I was like, "What the hell's back there?" You know, we didn't have many in that night, and there wasn't there wasn't nobody in that cell. And I heard it going off, like somebody's flushing it. I'm like, what the hell? Because everybody's locked up, you know? Nobody should be back there. So I walk back there, and it's that same cell Mike talks about. <clears throat> Where they used to keep juveniles and stuff in the back. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of eerie. Like, when you go back in that corner, it's just quiet. Like, eerie quiet, you know? And, uh... I went back there and there's nobody back there. I just see the toilet running, you know, and I'm like, oh, man. Because, you know, I, like I mentioned before, I, was, I can't stay in those cells long if I go in them, you know, because uh, whatever's in there, it really bothers, it bothers me. If I can't stay in there for a long period of time, you know, I'm inside the cell. Just the bad things that are left there, I'm like, I guess I'm really sensitive to it, huh? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I was... I just do my job and do what I have to do. You know, I don't linger more than I have to. Um, but yeah, the the craziest one I guess is that one my coworker said when she saw that woman, like uh, looking down at her. She was dishes. Uh, I still try to crack up. I'm like, yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty gnarly. You know, pretty scary. I'd be like, how did you get up there? You know. <laughs> No, like um, I, I've heard stories about that place before. Um, well, the, I remember the one that I heard. I think it's the very first story I've ever heard about the jail. It was uh, somebody, and I don't remember who told me or, or what, but it was a long time ago I've heard this. You know, it had to be before before 2000 sometime. But anyways, mm-hmm. they said, yeah, um, there was a guy in there screaming, trying to figure out why he was screaming, and here, I guess there was, he, he just kept telling man, there's something, some guy is shaggy that keeps peeking in here at me, you know, through yeah. that, that door, that cell door. Yeah. And it's not a cop, it's not a trustee, it ain't nobody like that, and, and I guess it happened down that, that row, too, a couple of times, it just walk in there and just peek in, you know, mm. others would, wouldn't react, but I guess this guy just, it would have scared the hell out of him, he just starts screaming. <laughs> I remember that's one story I heard about that place before um before anything else and I remember hearing a story about somebody in the shower and behind that shower curtain. Yeah. I I just it, it's all I remember was there was a 
a spirit, a bad spirit of some kind in that in that shower where that mm-hmm. curtain was, and then Mike starts telling stories about this. You know, I imagine it's the same place. <laughs> yeah, that, that. Yeah, I know. When he was explaining that, yeah, I was picturing that in my head because you know I know the layout of the jail and I know exactly where he's talking about. And uh, it reminds me of another one. Uh, a long time ago, this another coworker told me this. Well, I'll tell her that she told me. Uh, he said, a long time ago, they used to um, shut the lights off in the cells, you know, so they could sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only light would be coming through is that, you know, there's a, like a hole in the door with a glass. Yeah. You can be outside, and there's a little crate in the bottom that just has a bunch of holes in it. But, you know, light would get through, and then there's a little, maybe about an inch under the door, you know, light could come under. So, anyways, this, uh, it was on the male side, I believe, and, uh, she didn't mention names, I don't think, um, but anyways, uh, the inmates inside there were complaining to, uh, the CEO that, hey, can you leave the lights on? We'll just sleep with the lights on. They're like, oh, you know what, why, you know? You know, and then finally, you know, after a couple nights, they they were, like, really uh, agitated about it, you know. Hmm. And so, they're like, yeah, you know, and then my coworker, she's like, well, what's going on? And uh, the inmate told her, he said, well, at night, there's someone, I don't know who it is, who he is, but he comes around. He's not, he's not, he's not a CEO. He's not another inmate. I mean, we don't know who he is, but he stands in front of that door. You can't really see him. He just stands there. And, but his feet go through that, go under underneath the um, the door. And you can literally see his feet, his big feet. He's, they're literally sticking underneath the door into the cell. And he just stands there for a long time. Oh. <laughs> and blocks out, you know, the light coming in. Yeah. And now, you know, we're getting scared. We don't know who he is, but we know, you know, we know it's not one of you guys. And he just stands there, then he'll leave. And they're getting scared, you know. So that's another one she told me. I'm like, holy. <laughs> Man, you know, I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard that one. Um, But yeah, most of the time, uh, you know, we hear noises, stuff like that. Of course, if it's really big banging or something, I'll go check it out. Most of the time, we're like, so used to it, you know, building so old. I believe there's a lot of things in there. And, you know, we just do our job, you know. Leave us alone, we're just doing our job. And uh, Especially when ones come in and they're fired up, man, they're intoxicated and under the, uh, you know, unknown substance. And, you know, the tension they bring in, you know, you can feel that. Yeah. And it's like, it's, sometimes it lingers when they're there. You know, the things that, that our people endured are just bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And stuff that, you know, left there and stuff like that. I wonder when that jail was built, do you know? I believe it was built, I don't know if it was the 50s, I think. 60s. I do remember and, uh, somebody we booked in one time. He's like, I remember my dad, my old man, built this jail. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, that night after they completed it. They went out and partied. He said, "Here, remember my dad was the first, one of the first guys in here. <laughs> you know, he, got, he got too drunk that night and he ended up in here. <laughs> I just remember him telling me that. But he said it was the 50s or 60s, I want to remember. Man, Somewhere around that way. old. Yeah. So I've heard, I've heard a lot of place things about that jail. A lot of, a lot of spook stories. You know, I always wonder, too, about those, you know, those buildings, like, as you're heading toward, uh, geez, I don't know the name of the road, but as you're heading east out of that jail from that road that's right in front, and it goes to that T-intersection, you know, by the commodity house, that big old brown log-looking building? Then that one, yeah, that one right next, across the street from it, and that's a white one? Yeah. I've always wondered, well, see, because that, that big brown one, I remember when I was a kid, my grandpa brought me in there, and he said, uh, he said, oh, wait, we got to go see this guy in here. I don't know. They were talking Indian about something, but they were talking. I just followed him in. I remember it was really dark, and uh, we walked upstairs, and that guy was up there. 
I just remember his name was Bernard. I don't know what what his last name was. I just remember his name was Bernard. But um, they talked for a while, and that that old guy, well, I guess he was around the same age as my grandpa, but he he lived up in that room. I remember it was a wide open area. He had a desk and a lamp on in there, and papers out on his desk, and they were talking about something and. I was just kind of waiting for him, and we went out there. But I, man, I was always scared of that place because when we walked in there that night, it felt creepy. And it, just a little kid probably being scared of the dark. But I've always wondered if there was something, you know, in any kind of ghost stories around those two buildings. I've always wondered that. Have you ever heard anything about those? No, other than uh, I always wondered the same thing. It's like I know, and I think now at some point they, they use them for storage, and then. You know, at the bottom of that brown building, they use it for maintenance or something like that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they still use it. Just the white building's completely, like, pretty much locked up, you know. There's broken windows up top, but I don't know what they are. I imagine there's, like, old papers going way back. They just kind of left, you know. Yeah. I wonder what those were back in the day, originally. I have no idea. I just uh, remember, um, oh, man, you know who else you can talk to? Is, uh, he told me this story. It was uh, Maynard Kit. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he told me this story when they were cops a long time ago. And another cop, they were out to, uh, oh, man, where were they? They were talking about, um, they're bringing someone in. They were just giving a ride, I think. It was a female. But anyways, they, by the time they get between those buildings and they're heading to the jail, you know, back then it used to be like a justice center. You just had everything in one, you know, your dispatch, police, and jail in one. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess they look back and that, and that person that they were giving a ride to was gone. Oh. And uh, one of them just said, stop, let me off right here. I'll just walk to the jail. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that guy driving it to bring that car to there, you know. Uh, that's only the only thing close to her to that area. Um, that's about it there, though. That's under I've heard a few stories about people picking up hitchhikers and them just basically it's, vanishing. You know. Yeah, I've heard the same thing too. That they would be gone by the time they get to a certain point. Or one time, my my grandpa and them, they I guess they were. What was it? You wanted. Going to town from uh, Tamed, and when I get up on top of that Medicine Hill, there, there was uh, three. What was it? Three hitchhikers back there. No, there was uh, two of them. That's right. There was two hitchhikers. My grandpa was with somebody. I want to say it was old Francis Potts or maybe even Al Potts. But he was with somebody. But anyways, uh, they said, "Well, get in," and they got him in, and you know, you guys want cigarettes or whatever, and you know, cigarettes. Well, as they got closer to town, they got over Spring Hill. Somewhere in town there, before I think before the Y, they asked to get off. They said, oh, this will be good right here. But here when they got off and they pulled away, they were looking back, and there was three of them instead of two. But just two got in. If, if that's if I remember his story right, that's how that one went. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so so not just picking up disappearing hitchhikers, but picking up, ex you know, not knowing there was more there or whatever. Yeah, Arlen and I will continue our conversation on the next episode and uh, for for next couple weeks here he'll we'll have part two of this one out. It's actually part four of all of his stuff that'll be coming out on the next uh, release. So I hope to see uh, more people reaching out to me you know in the future like i said if you guys are worried about um being recorded on you know your voice recorded don't don't even worry about it just email me a story i can take your story and just read it you know <laughs> and we don't have to tell your name nothing like that we can make it be like you know all right there's a person from the blackfeet res and uh you know they, they'd like to share a story but remain anonymous so here goes the story and you know if uh they decide to put names in there and they want to remain anonymous themselves i'll change the names too you know it's no big deal we could just 
change them all but just we just want the stories out there you know what i mean the experiences and stuff like that and uh, not trying to make anybody uncomfortable or anything like that it's kind of totally against the whole show we just want to really we just want to hear more ghost stories that's kind of what it boils down to and uh different things like uh you know our, our ways of life you know those are really good insights to share as well there's a ton of podcasts out there that um you know i'm not bashing other other people that are doing podcasts and I, I know how much work goes into them and uh I think it's a good thing that they do, you know, when they're trying to put these podcasts out for themselves. It's it's a lot of work. So, um, but what I'm saying is a lot of times, like, I, I just found another podcast, and I won't mention it, but I found it over the weekend, and I was trying to listen to it, but again, it's two non-natives talking about native stuff, and it's just, they make fun of a lot of it, and they, they really don't know what they're talking about, and their stories come from books oh I did the research here and so they're just regurgitating what somebody you know wrote long time ago and a lot of that stuff comes from non-natives they're looking at the the indigenous ways or, or whatever they're writing about from a non-native perspective right so a lot of the translations get lost, the meanings get lost. They're, they're just describing it how they see it through their eyes. And uh, you lose something when that happens. I think it's not very, um, how would I say it? It's, uh, it's always lacking something, right? Like the, the depth or the, the understanding or, or whatever it is. And more often than not, I see them cover that up through humor they'll try to make fun of what they're talking about anyways enough on all that uh i think i I'd start beating a dead horse at this point so um well until next time huh <laughs>